welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the frightful Matt. Hello there. And uh, welcome everyone to another edition of David feebly tries to defend a Mark Gatiss episode. I'm just going to say it now. Yeah. He should just stop. (laughs) You didn't get on with this one at all? Does he get other opportunities after this? Yeah. I have not enjoyed a single one. That's a shame. I quite like this one. I would put this one up with, like, Fear Her. You see, I was going to... absolute nothing. You see, I was going to mention Fear Her. I think this is, like, a better take on Fear Her. It shares some DNA with it, for sure. But I think every aspect of it is done better in this one. But much like Fear Her... Doesn't make a blind bit of sense. Yeah, it does. It, it's not wrapped up well. It at is. All. It is. It's not. I right. had a little tear in my eye by the end of it. I had a little. I had many tears in my eye. <laughs> I thought, fucking hell, there's twenty five minutes of this shit to go. <laughs> yeah, so. I am. Um, I I can't defend this episode. Really? Ah, oh, that's a shame. I mean, they even go all in with quite a scary villain. Yeah. But not really the main villain. And actually, it doesn't do anything anyway. I know, it shambles around. Yeah, it's a, a lot, lot of shambling. Old men shamble around. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty... They're a threatening they're, villain. They're pretty scary. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a very cross joke. <laughs> <laughs> So you've just got you've got no nice words to say about this episode at all, then. Just uh, like, like I'm not going to say it's perfect because it's not. It's it's definitely uh, if you could uh, going to accuse episodes of being filler, it definitely comes under the category of filler. Um, and I have I have one or two aspects of it that I don't think quite hold together. It, it just absolutely stinks of. The type of episode that we get every series, we're getting towards the end. Yeah. Let's just keep them hooked in for one more week before we <laughs> drop the finale. How many more episodes have we got to watch of series six? Let me think. Night Terrors, I think, is... This is episode nine. Episode nine. So you've got... I think f- three between now and the finale. Yeah, there's always a two-part finale. Well, you say that, it's not this time. I'll, I'll spoil that for you now. It's, a, it's a single now, well, one, one morning. Well, no, it just means you've got another sort of random episode. It's not a three-part finale. No, no, it's it's not a three-part finale. Like seriously, I'm just gonna. I'm just quickly pulling up the episode list just to double check that I'm not misspeaking here because it's it's been a while since I've looked at it. Let's see. So, welcome to live googling with David, everyone. We've got three fairly standalone episodes between now and the finale. So, for standalone, read three fairly shit episodes. Mm. Well, we'll wait and see, won't we? You never know, they may surprise you. But, uh, so this one, yeah, just didn't do anything to grab you? No. None of the humour worked? Setting didn't work? The performances? No. The dad was okay. Yeah, I wanted wanted to shout out Daniel Mays, who plays uh, Alex, the the dad. I think he's brilliant in this episode. Like, 
and really underrated because you are not alone in not liking this episode. I will does, say that. Does, like, does the whole episode take place in the course of one night? Yes. Because towards the end, I was just like, where is this child's mother? And well, we find out because she's yeah. a nurse. She's on night shift. Yeah. But like all the way through, they're just like, oh, like the dad talks about the mum all the way through. Yeah. I'm just like, well, we haven't met her, so shut up. Well, we meet her at the start, and then she goes off to work. Forgettable. I didn't remember that. Um, Well, anyway, but I kind of like that aspect of it. I think the strongest elements of this episode are the scenes between the dad and the doctor. And you do get the sense with the dad that this is just this kind of like... You know where you just get a really weird night? Mm. And just like you're having one of those kind of surreal days where... You're just kind of being dragged along by life and you're up way later than you would normally be and stuff is happening, like maybe you're travelling or whatever it is. I feel like this episode actually captures that sort of sense of wooziness of like just having a really strange night. But that's obviously amplified because he's spending it with this very strange man, like dealing with this very difficult situation. And I kind of like that whole atmosphere. And I think a lot of that is is down to the performance of Daniel Mays. I think he's really, really good at this. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is that Matt Smith, I'm going to go on record here, I think certainly of the Doctors we've seen, is by far the best at throw a random guest actor in him, at him for an episode and he will find an interesting chemistry mm. and dynamic with that guest actor. He's so good at sparking off other people in interesting ways so I just love every scene they have together just I've only just remembered this yeah just to give you a bit of context whenever I watch an episode on average one episode I will write between two and three pages of notes Uh uh-huh I failed to fill a single A4 side with this (laughs) so it's gonna be a short episode this week guys yeah I don't know we said that last week and it was a long one yeah yeah We'll see. I'll just go off on a tangent. Yeah, that's probably what will happen. That's what usually happens. Yeah. Uh, so, well, should we try and stay on course for now at least and right. uh, get going? So, it is episode nine of season six from the 3rd of September, 2011. Yep. And we begin in an apartment block. And we meet George. Little boy George. Yeah. And he needs to go to bed. But he's scared of monsters. Bless him. Bless little George. Is it... I don't know. I've always quite liked this episode. He, Again, is it, can we chalk this up to me being a, a new dad? Yeah, do you but think we do that, that every week. I know, you need but, a new spiel. Yeah. I think, like, whenever we see George, his face and his, like, body shape and yeah. behaviour just basically makes it look like he's quite literally about to piss himself. <laughs> George is a bedwetter. I don't care what anyone <coughs> says. There's plastic beneath those sheets. Yeah, I mean, there probably is, bless him. He's so scared of everything. But why? Like, not in a sympathetic way. Yeah. But anyway. So his dad's really worried that he's scared of everything. Yep. Okay. So on the TARDIS, George recites, please save me from the monsters. So the doctor hears that and he says, oh, we're going to have to do something I haven't yep. done in a while. A house call. call. Well, he doesn't hear it. He picks it up on the psychic paper. Mm. Like, the, the the message is so strong that it somehow f- finds its way onto the psychic paper. 
Have we ever seen that before? We have seen the psychic paper receive messages before, I believe. I'm mm. trying to remember exactly when. It definitely does happen once once in a blue moon. Okay. So, George, back in bed, is scared as an old lady walks past his window. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about her later on. We are. That, that's yeah, probably sure. the bit I'm most in, engaged with. Okay. It's this old lady. Okay. Okay. So, when... The TARDIS arrives at, like, the apartment block. Yeah. Um, where George lives. The Doctor, Amy and Rory go door knocking. They're trying to find whoever this person is. Uh-huh. So Amy and Rory get in the lift to go up to one of the higher floors. And the lift just goes mental and opens without them in it. I genuinely thought this episode was going to be about a possessed lift. That would have been fun. And it'd be on point for Doctor Who. They've done just about everything else. What, yeah. what else do we have? Yeah, scary lift. Why not? Yeah. I mean, that's about as enthralled as I was with this episode. <laughs> so, the Doctor goes to George's flat as he's door knocking. Yeah. Um, he looks down and he sees George at the window. Yeah. Do we need to talk about the other people whose doors they knock on? Yeah, because they establish a few. Well, some of them come back, some of them don't. Amy gets a couple of scary twins. Yeah. Um, the Doctor also speaks to the old lady, doesn't he? Yeah. And she's just uh, moaning about the bins and says she needs new knees. Yeah. And then is it Rory that talks to the landlord? I think so, yes. Yeah, Purcell. It's a, the, the Okay, Purcell is definitely... It's a caricature kind of a character, right? It's He's a bit of a cartoon character. Mm. However, I do think he's quite effective. In like, every, you don't see a lot of him, but every little glimpse you see of him tells you so much about him. Well, do you know what I mean? Let's just go through it. So basically, he's a sad, lonely, angry man that lives with his dog. Yeah. And then, at the end, would you say he's redeemed? I Not thought, really. No. He's had a he's had a bit of a scare. But I thought we were going to get like an Ebenezer Scrooge. No. Nah. But no, nah. he just basically gets up and he goes, "Oh, fucking hell, that was bad," and then yeah. just goes back to his yeah his ways. Pretty much. Well, you you don't, you don't know for sure. He might. I I feel like he might mellow out a little bit just because he's had a bit of a bit of a a scare there. I but think you he's going to go the other way. Yeah. Like proper unhinged. Possibly. Maybe. Right. So, the old lady then goes to take her bin out. Yep. And falls into a big pile of bin bags. Yep, that eat her. That eat her. Yep. Yum, yum, yum. Like, what the fuck's that got to do with anything else in this episode? Well, we find out later. But, how is it all links? Like... It's just it's it's not those specific points. It's just the fact that she's just getting sucked in because George was scared of the old lady, so um, he brings her into his psychic realm. Yeah, did not like. Right. Anyway, so Amy and Rory wake up and they're in like a large building. Yeah. At the same time, George wakes up, but he's just in bed. And Amy and Rory realise things in the building they're in are all fake. Yeah. Okay, so like... I find a big wooden pan. Yeah, and there's an eye yeah. in a drawer. Glass eye in a drawer. Uh, who puts a glass eye in a drawer? I mean, 
if you've got bits and bobs of peg dolls lying around. Yeah, maybe. Who has peg dolls these days? (laughs) Right, so the Doctor realises that whenever there's anything bad that upsets George, he puts it in his cupboard. So the Doctor's like posing as a social worker. Kind of. Well, basically... What happens is Alex assumes that he's yeah. from from the council. He's a social worker because, like, before she goes to work, his wife puts in a call, and he's like, "Oh, blimey, that was quick." Yeah, because he says, "I'm the yeah, doctor," and the doctor does what he often does, which is he refrains from correcting someone's mm. incorrect assumption, so that gives him an opportunity to continue poking around and being yeah. the, the intergalactic busybody that he is. Okay. So, because he puts all the bad things in the cupboard, the Doctor yeah. wants to check it. Yeah. And in fact, is it at this point he puts the sonic screwdriver on it and goes like, oh, call blimey, a lot of bad juju. I don't know this quite yet, but um, I did want to talk about the cupboard. Uh, two things. One, that is terrible parenting. Yeah. That is really, really bad parenting to just be like, oh, you're scared of this. All right, we'll put it in this cupboard that is in your bedroom. Yeah. That you can look at and obsess over whilst you're trying to go to the... At least put the cupboard in it. Put it in the parents' room and say, Hey, don't worry. You're scared of it. Don't worry. We'll put it in the cupboard in our room and we'll we'll protect it and make sure that it doesn't get out and... I'll just chuck it away. Yeah. That's sort of an option. You know, Take when, it out of the charity shop. When you see what's in the cupboard, yeah. it's not anything he's going to miss, is it? <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking. No, they're not putting his iron lung in there or anything of the sort. Um, but anyway, um, the other thing I want to mention, I, I do think it works on the level of, and, and you maybe didn't have this experience. Have you? Did you ever like? Were you ever scared of furniture as a child? Like, do you have any like freaky old bits of furniture? I don't think so. But one thing I used to do is when I lived at my parents' house. Yeah. Even up until probably into my twenties. Yeah. Is whenever I used to come home, we always come in through the back door. Yeah. So you come through the kitchen, the living room's on the immediate right. Yeah. And I always never used to look in there because it was always just pitch black. And I was just like, if oh. ever there's anything in there, it'll be so scary, I'll probably yeah. die. So I just used to like just walk straight through the kitchen. Yeah. Don't look in the dining room. I've got an even less rational one. The house where I grew up it had slightly dodgy plumbing. We had a downstairs loo that when you flushed, it made this horrible groaning noise. And it used to freak me out so much that I would I would do anything to not have to use that loo. Like I would hold my pee for hours, or, or what if my mum was having a bath upstairs or whatever. So, so I don't have to use that loo. And occasionally, if I if I if I had no option but to do it, I would I would flush it, and I would literally like I'd have one finger on the flush, and, and as soon as it flushed, I would just leg it. And I would like literally just thunder up the stairs away from the toilet because I was so freaked out. And it was just the noise of it. It just sounded like some like monster was going to come up from the depths. I, I can remember so, that in, in my auntie's house, um, so I, I come from quite a big family. I've yeah. got a lot of cousins my age. One auntie in particular, we used to go to her house quite a lot after school, you mm. know. My mum would go around for a couple of weed, play with my cousins before we went home from school. Yeah. And I remember playing in my cousin's bedroom once and we were like in like a walk-in cupboard type yeah. thing. And I remember whenever we played in it, 
you weren't allowed to let the door close because it didn't have a handle in it. Uh, and I remember like once me and my cousin being in there, yeah, the door closing, and we were like, right, we're in here, but it's okay. We'll bang on the floor, and everyone will know. Yeah, but everyone just assumed we were playing. Oh god! And, like, so I remember like ages. shouting to the point I was almost hoarse. Yeah, and then basically coming to terms with the fact I was probably gonna die <laughs> in this cupboard. Even so though, uh, obviously, at some, at some point, point someone, someone was going to come in the cupboard, yeah. come in the room and see that like we were just in the cupboard. It was probably 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like but, I can vividly remember like cuddling my cousin, who was yeah. a couple of years younger than me, yeah. and being like, it's all right, don't worry. But at the same time, absolutely shitting myself. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it just makes you. Uh, I do think one thing that this episode does do a good job of is kind of reflecting the way in which young brains can develop phobias and yeah. like associate. Like you know when he mentions things like the sound of the lift sounds like somebody's breathing and things like it, like it, and what does it matter if it does? As yeah. an adult, you're like, so what? But as a child, like when you're still piecing the world together the littlest things can freak you out. So I do think it kind of, it taps into quite a basic thing there. And again, I really love the tension between that very understandable thing, but then the equally understandable perspective from the father, where it's just like, I just want him to be normal. I just want him to be happy. I just, you know, we just need to fix this. Mm. And just that very practical, like, I don't really understand it. I just want to fix it. Mm. So... Yeah, that's why I, I, I get frustrated when people dismiss this episode. Do, do you think Because so? I think there is some substance to it. Part of me thinks, could the father just be a little bit more accepting of his son's flaws? Because all the way through, he basically just goes, yeah, my son's a bit uh, tapped in the head. I really hope he gets over it. I really hope we can fix him. Just love your son. Well, that's the exact... That's the conclusion of the episode. Yeah. The whole point is, at the end of the episode... Sorry to skip to the end, but it, it's like... he the, 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 the root of the fear is he's worried about being rejected. He just needs to feel accepted and loved. That is all it comes down to. And I... I don't want to extrapolate too much and, and, and like, make assumptions. But let's not forget, Mark Gatiss openly gay man presumably at some point would have had to have come out to his parents and had that experience of worrying about being rejected mm. by your parents and I, I don't know whether that was a conscious thing on his part when he was writing or whether that's something that I'm just extrapolating from but I feel like that thematically that resonates I so yeah I, I, I think there is more to this episode than people give it credit for mm. so after this Something begins following Rory and Amy. That's where I sort of thought, oh, this could be quite interesting. Yeah. Except it goes pretty much nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and the landlord comes up to bully George's dad for a bit. Yeah. So. It's a nasty piece of work. Just to go off on a different point. Yeah. What does this story thread accomplish? Um, what it does is it establishes Purcell as another thing that George is frightened of. Right. Which is why he gets sucked into the thing later, because he's threatening his dad and making George feel insecure. So when he goes back to his flat, uh, Purcell well, goes back to his flat, he gets sucked into the doll's house as well. Yeah, I suppose. 
That's that's all it is. It's just I... because they wanted to get him into that thing. So so it was a way of saying like he's coming up to the door. He's being scary with his dog, threatening his George's dad. Is one of the few things that does make him feel safe, and that's therefore a scary thing. Right. I hope right. we don't get angry emails. Uh, we'll probably get someone from Tim Riley. Yeah. Or is we he a Tory? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's hardcore. All right. I'm pretty certain I've seen a photo where he's drinking like a pint of like Bombardier with Nigel Farage. <laughs> <laughs> like wearing a purple tie, singing Send the Buggers Back. Excellent. That's all you need to know about him. Fair enough. Our biggest fan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the, Donna, the Doctor Sonic's the cupboard. Its readings are off the scale. Yeah. And Amy and Rory find a point where they can exit the big building they're in, and there's no doorknob. Yeah. Okay. And the arms are painted on the clock, so they try and deduce what time it is. Have you pieced it together yet? I pretty much worked this out yeah. from the wooden pan. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. not hard, is it? No. The old lady appears to be in the same place as Amy and Rory. Yeah. And Amy and Rory open a door, and there's a big doll dummy. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty scary. Yeah. And as they begin to walk off, it moves. Yeah. Now, I thought... That's quite a compelling visual for a villain. Definitely. If only that villain did anything. I agree with you 100% there. Yeah. Because all they do is chase them around. Yeah. And, like, and later on, like, they turn Persona into one. But, like, it's not... You don't really get a sense... It's, it's weird, isn't it, how you can have such a creepy visual, such a strong design choice... That on you know should be really creepy, but within a couple of minutes of watching it, you just get used to it, don't yeah. you? And you're just like, all oh, right, this is happening. And it reminded me of Runaway Bride, where we had like the Clockwork Men. Yeah, and I thought that was like a really compelling, like, visual for a villain, and I thought this could go the same way. Just but to clarify, do you mean uh, not Runaway Bride? Yeah, other one. The one uh, where a bride does run away, but it's not called that. Ah, uh, why am I blanking? The girl in the fireplace. That's the one. Yeah. I haven't talked about that in a while. Good yeah. episode. It is a good episode, yeah. Okay. So, basically, to give the game away, they're in a dollhouse. They are, yes. So, inside, George is covered where they put all of the things that he doesn't like. They've put a dollhouse. Yes. And he is seemingly putting things he doesn't like in there. Yeah, people he doesn't like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Such as the landlord who, back in his flat, starts to sink into the floor like quicksand. Yeah. Now, something that I felt really dated this episode. Can you remember what he was watching on TV? Um. Well, because he's flicking through, he's channel hopping, isn't yeah. he? And, and at first, I, I quite like, I quite like the details that he, where he's just like, oh, there's nothing on it. Like Bergerac, that's thirty <laughs> years old. I, I, you see yeah. all those little dialogue touches. I really like. Is it Animal Hospital? I think so. Yeah. There is a mention of Rolf, Rolf Harris. Harris. And I was yeah, like, oh, I, I picked up on how that. How haven't the BBC like... caught up on that? <laughs> I wonder if on like future DVD releases they'll even like redub that or something. Maybe. Because I, oh, it is, yeah, it's pretty awful. I don't know, like, I, 
I mean, I don't think it's any secret. Like, I'm quite a big fan of WWF wrestling. Yeah. Um, and one of is their, that what he's up to nowadays? Well, one of their, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this story. But yeah. In like the early 2000s, one of their like most popular wrestlers uh, basically murdered his wife and son, then committed suicide. Jesus. So like, he was pretty much at the pinnacle of that company, but he was like ravaged with uh, concussions. Right. I think there was a history of steroid use. So now they have to like acknowledge it on their like old DVD releases. Jesus. So there's like a big thing that says, you know, like whilst we appreciate blah 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 blah, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah. He was my favourite wrestler growing up. Which uh, he's called Chris Benoit. He was a Canadian guy. Yeah. And did he have like a wrestle wrestling name? His name was the Canadian Crippler. Yeah. Ironic because I I don't know whether this is true. This might just be like internet speculation. Yeah. But I believe that when he murdered his child, he used like a wrestling move that was his signature like submission oh. hold. Well, that would be very upsetting. Yeah. I mean, it's upsetting either way because he's murdered his child. But yeah. <laughs> well, they, sad. Uh, of all the places I expected this conversation to go today, that is not yeah. one of them. Pretty upsetting. But... Yeah. Okay. So, where are we up to? The doctor opens George's cupboard, and unsurprisingly, there's nothing there. Yeah. Except the dollhouse. We're glossing over my favourite scene, probably the whole episode, which is where it starts off with the doctor like making tea and refusing to leave. Alex is trying to get him out of the house and just saying, like, look, you're not helping, you're making things worse, you're weird, it's not, this isn't working. Um... It kind of reminds me of the sort of turning point scene in uh, The Lodger from last series yes. where, uh, you know, James Corden's character at first is like, look, I thought this was going to work out, but it's not. You're too weird. Get You know, I need yeah. you out of my house. It's kind of that. But obviously stakes are a little bit higher in this one. Um, and he manages to talk about it and then, he's, and then he's sort of like having this circular conversation where he's like, ah, oh, right, okay, so we need to open the cupboard. We need to work out what's in the cupboard. Could be anything in the cupboard. Could be terrible monsters. For God's sake, we can't open the cupboard. <laughs> and then, like, he, by the time he's finished his tea, he sort of hands his cup back to us and just like, right, that's, that's decided then. Mm. We're opening the cupboard. Yeah. It's a and lovely scene. It is, but then when the cupboard's opened and it's empty, yeah. we need to formulate what is going on yes so the doctor notices that in all the photos of george and his mum shortly before george was born i think is it like a christmas party or yeah. something he notices that the mother isn't pregnant yes okay and the dad says well eventually he says well no she can't have kids yeah okay like but, it's like it's obvious yeah, yeah. So that begs the question, what is George? Where's he come from? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Again, uh, really nicely played, I think. Yeah. It's a good moment. Because it's almost like he's forgotten that point. Yes. And then it yeah. comes back to him. Yeah. So the cupboard fires open with bright light. The Doctor and Dad are sucked into the cupboard. Yeah. Okay. So Rory and Amy see the landlord turned into a doll by yeah. another doll from earlier. So we know what they can do, at least. Yeah. So we've got them established as a threat on that level, but... Again, it's weird that it doesn't. The threat doesn't quite come through. Hard to put your finger on. Is it direction? Yeah. Is it music? What's something's lacking? Well, they sort of like surround him. Yeah, and then they just sort of gently pour at him. 
Yeah. Until he turns into a doll. Yeah. You know? Should... Yeah, because the, the, the design of the dolls themselves, they are so creepy looking. Yeah. They've got those dead yeah. black eyes. It really should work more than it does. Mm. Anyway. Okay. So, the Doctor says they're inside the doll's house, inside the cupboard. Yeah. We all worked that out about half an hour ago. Yeah. And the lift makes a noise which spooks George. Yeah. Okay. Rory and Amy are trapped in a room. The dolls are pouring at the door. Yeah. They say, right, we've got a surprise and we're going to make a break for it. As they do, Amy gets turned into a doll. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Doctor and the Dad see a doll for the first time. And this is where we just get, like, the resolution as if we're all supposed to have worked out what happened. But it doesn't make much sense. The Doctor says George is a tenser. Yeah. Have we heard of them before? No. Because they basically speak about them as if we should know what that is. No, just the, the Doctor knows, because the Doctor knows lots of things. I know, idiots. but, like... They just basically go, oh, they live in space, and, you know... It's, it's, he's just giving you the, 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 the information we've lacked up until this point to, right. to understand so let, who George is. So let's go through is. the ten yeah. So they're like a weird space race, yep. and they're, like, they're essentially cuckoos in the nest. Yes, they? yeah, they're, they're, they're young, will settle on, settle on other planets, they will like seek out families that want a child don't yeah. have one and uh he says it's it's a perception filter it's it's like it you know similar to as we've seen other other technology with, and, and things within the world of doctor who sometimes things disguise themselves through means of a perception filter mm. um and so basically that's why they initially accepted him even though they knew like part of them knew that that uh, they couldn't have kids mm-hmm. um and uh yeah all he needs is for them to continue to accept him. And it's like that they've reached this sort of precipice point and like all of his fear is stemming from the fact that he's he's worried he's going to be rejected. So the finale of this scene, like yeah. scene this episode, yeah. takes up two lines of my page. Should I yeah. just hammer through it? Yeah, go on. Doctor tells George to open cupboard and face fears. George appears in the doll's house. Dad rescues George from dolls. It's fixed everything. Yeah. George's mum's comes home. He is fixed. Tardis nonsense. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty good summary. Yeah, um, it's nice. I like. I like that the big moment, the big heroic moment but of this episode is think... um, Dad giving his kid a hug. But the way the dad fights through the dolls, I know it's supposed to be like this epic. Yeah, quest. it just looks like it's a knockout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does a bit you know he just fights his yeah. way through like five or six Mr Blobbies yeah and then he and he gives his kid a hug yeah but anyway I yeah. think it's sweet so and like you say George's mum comes home yeah and the man's sorry like, the dad's just like it's fine yeah he's taking care of they're making he's, kippers yeah um, yeah he's fixed yeah I can't even remember how, what the TARDIS nonsense is. Is it just the Doctor wondering if he's going to die soon? Yeah, a bit of that. A bit of dialogue. And uh, let's not forget, at the end, and we haven't really discussed the nursery rhyme. Through mm. this, all through the dollhouse scenes, you get these little, like, creepy kids um, chanting in the background. Um, and it's not clear if it's the dolls doing it or what, but, like, it's this sort of creepy nursery rhyme. Um, there was actually it's like a, not an old one it's actually like written for the episode yeah, yeah. Um, and we sort of get a full rendition of it at the end uh, as the TARDIS is is signing off and, and I, I've got it written down here if you want to Come on, man. TikTok goes the clock 
And what shall we now play? TikTok goes the clock, now summer's gone away. TikTok goes the clock, and what shall we, uh, what then shall we see? TikTok, until the day thou shalt marry me. TikTok goes the clock, and all the years they fly. TikTok, and all too soon, you and I must die. TikTok goes the clock, he cradled her, and he rocked her. TikTok goes the clock, even for the doctor. So basically, River Song's gonna die. Maybe. Maybe the Doctor's going to die. Yeah, I mean, well, we, we know, know the, the Doctor's going to die, except he's yeah. going to be the Tesselector from last week. Yeah. So. Maybe somebody's going to get married. Yeah, the Doctor and River. Well, who else is there? The other two characters are married. <laughs> <laughs> they are a bit already married, but maybe it's just calling back to that. Yeah. Nah. Nah, Rory and Amy aren't going to die. River Song's going to die. There's my prediction part two. So, uh, last week your prediction was... The Doctor that dies isn't is, the Doctor, it's a Tesselector. Yeah. And River Song's going to die with him. She hasn't got okay. any regenerations left. Mm, that's very true. She's on thin ice. Yeah. Um, anyway. If only I could solve what the silence is. Well, I know it's <laughs> a religious order, but what yeah, are they all order. about? Mm. Mm. Maybe we'll find out. What is the well, first question? Who knows? How are you? Yeah, probably just where you, am I? You were okay, my Tom. That was probably my first question. What? When when I was born, I was probably thinking, mm. like, where am I? Mm. What is this? WTF? I bet yeah. that's the first question. WTF. I'm trying Maybe. to think. Like, have we had some form of question in the series so far that I might have missed? No, because we had Bad Wolf. That just went on and on. Mm. It's probably still going on in the background. Then we had What is the Face of Bo's thing. Then we had the Master coming back, didn't we? Mr. Yeah. Whatever his face. Yeah. Uh, what was it last series? It was the Cracks. Oh, yeah, the Cracks, and then that Pandorica opening. Yeah. So, no, I don't know. It's probably going to be something new. I reckon Could it's well just be. Doctor Who with a question mark on the end. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, well, anyone who's watched uh, the rest of uh, Doctor Who will know. Is it why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> It'd be great if it was, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just like a pub like quiz question. Like, where, oh, on, the, the, where the, on your body would yeah. you wear galoshes? <laughs> you think so? That the, the entire religious order of the silence was founded purely because they got stuck on one particular pub yeah. quiz question. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> who was the top goal scorer at Euro '96? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I would be absolutely stumped if that was the question. Was it England's Alan Shearer? Was it? Yeah. Well, should get you on the now. I'm just thinking of pub trivia. Yeah. Who All sang right. Mouldy Old Doe? Oh, I do know this. I can't remember now. So I was oh, is it Captain Pigeon? Yes, that's it. Yeah, because I was looking. I was looking them up the other day on Wikipedia. Looking up Mouldy Old Doe. Yeah, it's not a good song. No, it isn't. But that's but it's fascinating because of that. Anyway, um, (laughs) there's there's a callback there because (laughs) my brothers will be laughing at the question. Who sang Moldy Old Doe? And I'm not going to tell you why. 
I'm just going to leave it at that. Fair enough. And on that obscure family (laughs) in-joke, we shall leave you for another week. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Oh, next week we are discussing the episode. I looked it up earlier and I've forgotten now. What are we watching next week? We are watching The Girl Who Waited. Have we not seen that? Maybe. Maybe not. What was the old one called? The 11th Hour. Is maybe uh, the one you're thinking of. Not the Pandorica. What, which, which episode are you thinking of? Not the Big Bang. Just the first one with... Uh, with Amy. Amy. Yeah, it's the 11th hour. And the Impossible Astronaut. No, that was the first episode of this series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah no, you've, you've definitely not watched The Girl Who Waited yet because that is episode 10 of series 6. Right. Until then, thank you very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.